Today, we're talking about disciplining employees to do it with intention, kindness, and respect, even though you might think they don't deserve it, is probably the toughest thing any manager can do. And that's coming up next on Experience Leadership. Welcome to Experience Leadership, a podcast that challenges small business owners and entrepreneurs just like you to dare to be the exception. Join our host, customer experience expert, Mark Hain, as he uncovers relevant and timely content to help you script and direct your business and teams to create jaw-dropping experiences your customers and staff deserve. Here is the host of Experience Leadership, author of Lights, Camera, Action, customer experience expert, Mark Hain. Welcome to this episode. This is where small business owners and entrepreneurs pick up core skill sets to help them create the jaw-dropping, show-stopping experience that their customers and employees deserve. I am your host, service expert and master of experiences, Mark Hain, and today we are going to be discussing how to effectively reprimand employees. We will uncover why being effective is necessary, how to make the correction process constructive versus destructive, and how to do it in a way that supports the individual. And we'll get to all that in just a moment. I just want to thank you for being here with me. I know that your time is valuable and you have a ton of choices on how to spend your time. I hope that I can honor today's investment with today's content. I'd love for you to be part of this conversation I'd love it if you could share this episode on social media, on your network, within your network, and hashtag it, Experience Leadership. If you decide to do that, I keep track of that hashtag, Experience Leadership. I'd love for you to be part of this conversation. I get to answer the questions and so on. If you'd like something a little bit deeper, I do offer a 30-minute complimentary coaching session. So go ahead and book a time that works for you on my online calendar at meetwith.markhain.com. At the very least, if you haven't done so yet, why don't you go ahead and subscribe to this podcast? That way you'll get notified whenever I bring you fresh new content. I know, when you have to pull an employee aside and correct their actions or behavior, it is not a fun time to be a manager. I dare say it isn't a cakewalk for the employee either. I've known managers who avoid disciplining like the plague. They just don't like the confrontation. And I've also known managers on the other end of the spectrum who can't wait to ream out an employee. It's their way to validate that they are the boss. So today, I'd like to know from you our question of the day. For you, what difficulty do you have reprimanding employees? I'd love to hear some of your experiences, so why don't you go ahead and share this episode on your favorite platform and hashtag it, hashtag experience leadership. I'd love for you to be part of this conversation. On this show, in past episodes, we've discussed the fact that many managers and business owners have never been trained to be leaders. Nowhere is that more evident than when speaking with an employee about their performance or their on-the-job behavior. Let's face it, mistakes will happen. We are dealing with human beings, and sometimes we have to make sure the mistakes don't happen again. How we can communicate correction and feedback makes all the difference in the world. It makes a difference between making sure that the mistake doesn't happen again 
and destroying the self-esteem and the self-worth of the person we're talking to. So today, my hope is to provide you some tools you can use to help you address behavior and performance issues without destroying the person in the process. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably looking at me saying, but Mark, I have to discipline my employees. How is it not a bad thing? (laughs) And I'd say, you know what? That's a pretty good question. (laughs) The difference between effective discipline and bad reprimands is that one focuses on the behavior of the person and the effects of that behavior, and the other is focused on the person and how bad that person is. So here's a test. If you look back at last time that you had to discipline somebody or you had to work with somebody and do a corrective action, if you are using the word you, you are making it personal and taking on an attack posture. So some of that might sound like, why did you do this? You are always late. You never clean up after yourself. And we'll talk a little bit about the words always and never a little bit later. You screwed up again. (laughs) A very quick differential is that a bad reprimand is focused on punishment while good reprimand is focused on coaching. And so this is really important. So let me repeat that. A bad reprimand is focused on punishment while a good reprimand is focused on coaching. So one of the things that you need to do as a leader is you need to be able to look at that and say, do I want to punish this person or do I want to coach a better performance from this person? So if you take anything away from this episode... Whenever you need to reprimand an employee, ask yourself that question. Whether the intent here, do I want to punish this person or do I want to coach a better performance from this person? Then apply the principles that we'll discuss right after this. When the spotlight shines on your business, are customers applauding or yawning? In other words, how is your business performing? Make your business a star with a new book, Lights, Camera, Action, Business Operational Excellence Through the Lens of Live Theater by Mark Hain. Mark uses his business and acting experience to help you see your business like a live show so you can create a performance your customers will never forget. Buy Lights, Camera, Action today at your favorite online retailer or directly at MarkHain.com. When I was 17 years old, I started working at McDonald's. I had a store manager who we really felt was wound way too tight. He was explosive. To say that Steve was the epitome of a bad manager would be an absolute understatement. His leadership philosophy was that I'm paying you to do a good job, so the only time you'll hear from me is when you F up. As you can imagine, whenever he was on shift, he had everyone on edge. Here you had an environment that created so much stress. The teenagers that were working were concentrating so much on not making Steve mad that it made concentrating on the tasks at hand next to impossible. So, of course, we messed up time and time again. And when Steve blew, oh, man, did Steve blow. (laughs) And everyone was privy to to his stress. Everyone. I once heard him tell a supervisor that the reason that he does this, the reason why he makes sure that he yells at people, when Jim makes the mistake, everyone will know that this is a mistake. So his philosophy was, the more I yell about it, the more everybody else will hear it, and everybody else will make sure they don't make the same mistake. (laughs) So he's essentially putting everybody on notice. Unfortunately, that also included the customers, (laughs) because the customers could hear it. (laughs) 
So the very first tip, tip number one, is to never, ever discipline when you're mad. When you are emotional and hyped up, your lizard brain takes over. (laughs) You stop thinking rationally and the verbal diarrhea that comes out is just ridiculous. And I think I've mentioned this once before. I know I talk about a lot of this in my presentations when I'm in front of audiences, but I talk about my theory about being mad. The reason people get mad is because they're harping on the problem. They're not dealing with the problem. So if you're thinking things like, why the hell does he keep doing that? How many times do I have to tell her how to do that? (laughs) I've told you a thousand times, (laughs) right? All these is a push. All these is the fact that you're harping on the problem. You never, ever listen to me, (laughs) right? You're harping on the problem. And so what you end up doing is you you start making it personal. The issue, whatever the issue is, is an affront to you, right? You might even say certain things like, you're making me look bad, right? So now it's no longer about the other person. It's about you. It's no longer about something that they did that was a mistake. It's you're looking at how is this affecting me? And so this whole idea of harping on the problem is not dealing with the problem. It's not solving the problem. It is just harping on the problem. So really important. And and tip number two is this idea that it's not about you. (laughs) At the end of the day, it's not about you. It may be about your leadership or the tools and training you've provided, but it's not about you. I like to think that you're a really good person. So as leaders, we need to look at people. I've never once come across anybody who woke up in the morning that I know of and said, today, I'm just going to be lazy the whole day. I'm going to accomplish absolutely nothing. I am going to go into work today, get my eight hours in, do nothing, go home and collect my paycheck at the end of the week. And as much as sometimes as leaders, we feel that, is that the way they feel? (laughs) Because they sure act like it sometimes. Nobody wakes up in the morning with that. Everybody wants to come in and start their day and be productive and be good at what they do. So it's important for us to realize that whatever the issue is, it isn't about you, and we can't be jumping down people's throats in anger. So we need to, first and foremost, we need to solve the problem at hand first. Then we need to cool down. Those are the first two tips. Tip number three is we have to start looking for the facts. One of the best ways to investigate anything is to ask why five times. This allows you to strategically look at the issue without settling on a symptom rather than the cause. Too many businesses, and I hate to say it, business owners, we tend to be super reactive to things. And what we end up treating is we're treating the symptom. We're not looking deep enough to find out what was the cause of the problem. So for instance, you know, a server drops a whole tray of glasses Now, it would be really easy for the managers to get together and say, Donna is so clumsy. I can't believe she broke all those glasses. If we stop for a second and say, why did she drop the whole tray of glasses? Well, the response could be she was carrying too many glasses on the tray and it was heavy. Well, then you have to ask the next question. Why was she carrying too many glasses? Well, she was trying to clean the table quicker. Next question. You probably guessed it. Why was she trying to clean the table quicker? Well, there were customers waiting to be seated. Next question. 
why were there customers waiting to be seated? The response, because we underestimated how long the big table would take. Next question, why did we underestimate how long the big table would take? Well, we had a new hostess at the stand, and we didn't train the hostess about the fact that we have to increase the service times for groups bigger than six. Now, by asking the question at least five times, we can see that the accident is a symptom of a bigger problem, one which, if we did not address, we could it could come back time and time again and rear its ugly little head. We could have simply said, after we realized she was carrying too many glasses on the tray, we could have said, hey, Donna, you know what? Next time, use a bussing bin instead of a tray. Use something with sides so it's not going to spill as quick. We might have solved the problem, the immediate problem of glasses breaking, carrying too many glasses and they tipping over. But months from now, we'd be wondering, why are we still getting a backlog of customers? Why do we have these lineups? Because we haven't come to the crux of the problem. So sometimes when we uncover the facts, we might see that the problem is indeed a people problem. But sometimes it's a deeper problem. Maybe someone is having a hard day. Maybe we have team members going through some stuff as well. This is all reasons. This, this idea, of, I used to joke, especially in hospitality, you know, hospitality would be so simple if it wasn't for all the people. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is we are leading people. And sometimes they are having bad days. Sometimes they might be going through something tough. It's easy to jump down somebody's throat when you are reactive. But if you stopped a second and asked and inquired into what they might be going through, it is so easy to blame and point the finger. And somebody once told me, they said, you know, when you're pointing fingers at somebody, well, you're pointing three fingers to yourself and one finger up to God. (laughs) I thought that was really interesting. Those three fingers pointing at yourself, not necessarily the God one, but anyway. From my experience, when a person messes up, I don't know anybody who messes up and then feels good about it. More times than not, as human beings, we tend to be much tougher on ourselves than anybody could ever be. Like even when I was 17 years old, if I messed up and Steve did his rampage, you know, nothing he could say made me feel worse than the fact that I made a mistake or that I did something wrong. Nothing could do that. He couldn't do it. And nobody could do it because I was so hard on myself. And I believe that most people want to do well. And most people will make absolutely sure they do the best they possibly can. And they feel horrible when they can't. The two most important virtues as a leader that you can possess is empathy and compassion. This is where we lead with love and kindness first. This is where we inquire about the person and find out what are they going through? What are some of the conditions that they're facing right now? In hospitality, I was forever, you know, most of my staff were, unfortunately, single moms, just trying to do the best they can. And when they had challenges with their children or with their children's school or schoolwork or things, pressures of being a single parent, I could see it when they came up on shift. It would behoove me not to address that and find out what can I do to help them forward? Do they need a different schedule? Do they need to start at a different time in order to get their kids to daycare? Is there anything that I can do? to make the transition from the single mom job description to the food and beverage server or the bartender or the housekeeper or the front desk agent, job descriptions easier. What could I do to help that happen? We can't do that, though, if we put on the blinders and we sit down and we expect everybody to work like machines because they're not machines. I hope this is of value. We'll get to more right after this. 
Attention meeting and event planners. Is your company or association planning a live or virtual conference, seminar, staff retreat? Are you looking for a fresh, energetic perspective on what it takes to put on a jaw-dropping experience for your customers or staff? Book customer experience expert Mark Hayne for your next group event. Past participants have said, Mark kept us in stitches while teaching us how important and powerful actually designing our customer experience can be. Read more testimonials and find out how Mark can serve you and your group at markhain.com. That's M-A-R-C-H-A-I-N-E.com. Welcome back. I hope you are finding value in today's episode. As you can probably tell, I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to this stuff, right? I'm super passionate about this topic of being able to communicate and relate with our employees. I'd just like to put it out there that if you belong to an association or a company that you feel could use this information and maybe would like to workshop what this looks like for your business, why don't you go ahead and drop me a line and let's connect. I'd be more than happy to serve. Okay, so we've gone through tip number one, two, three, and four. Tip number five. When addressing the issue with an employee, it is absolutely essential that we be specific. You can't just say the word always and never. These are two words. My saying is always, never say never. (laughs) When we say never and always, well, we're telling people that the extreme is happening. So if if you say to somebody, you're always coming in late, but they came in late three out of five times, they're not always late. When somebody doesn't do their closing tasks at the end of their shift and you say, you never do your closing tasks. Well, you completely discount the time when they have done the closing tasks. So details matter. It is absolutely essential that you know the dates, time, and the details of the incidents that you're talking about. You have to be able to say, hey, last Monday, you came in 15 minutes late and it put us behind. And then on Tuesday, you came in 10 minutes late. Is there an issue with you being late? Right? Like any feedback, it has to be specific and accurate It's absolutely imperative that it is. It's no different than if you see somebody doing something good. You can't just say, hey, Joe, good job. Joe's going to go, what was good about my job? What was good about that, right? If you turn around and say, hey, you know what? You saw that problem with that machine and you fixed it. So thank you so much for saving the day. Much better. So much better. So it's imperative that details are included in whatever feedback you're going to be bringing forward. Tip number five. I think maybe I said tip number five before. Anyway, the last one was tip number four. This is tip number five. And I've already alluded to it. And that is, we have to be objective. We have to take ourselves out of the equation. We have to take how we feel out of the equation. It is so important to focus on the problem and not the person. Removing the emotion from the details, right? I've seen this, you know, time and again. I was at a restaurant and the girl did drop a tray of glasses. And right away, the manager came down on her. Do you know how much those glasses cost me? And it's like, really? Really? That's what you're concerned about, as opposed to, hey, are you okay? Let's get this cleaned up and so on. And then dealing with the problem. It's so important to remove that emotion. And some ways, it's imperative that you start taking on the coaching perspective. So, you know, after the glasses drop, if the manager had gone to her and say, you know what, I'd like us to figure out what happened so that we can keep it from happening again. Can we make some time to do that? Then you can be focused on being objective and asking really good questions. You know, in order to 
facilitate that conversation, you have to give the facts as you see it. You have to give all the details that you know. You have to see if the employee agrees with those facts or if they have more details. They might have, they have a different perspective. You know, you being in the office and then hearing a big bash, you come running out and you see the girls starting to sweep up dishes. You can only extrapolate the information. Going off on her at that point, you don't know if somebody bumped into her. You don't know if she all of a sudden got a pain or whatever. So it's important that you ask and inquire with the employee if the facts that you have are accurate and do they have more details to it as well. I would strongly watch for emotional outbursts from the employee. Sometimes being called, you know, being sat down with a supervisor can be intimidating. They could get defensive. They can get emotional. At the same token, you could see that they get frustrated. So ensure that you reinforce that you are looking for a solution and that you're not blaming them. This is not about the blame game. It's like, let's just fix this. It's important that you outline what the objective is, right? So for instance, to the girl who was dropping, we want to have a really safe work environment, is outlining the objective. As we move forward, how can we avoid this from happening again? What are some of the things that we could do to keep this from happening again? And it's important for you to let the employee provide a potential solution. They're the ones on the ground floor. They're the ones doing the work. And so if they can come to you with a solution, then you're in so much better shape because they provide the solution. And if they say it, they believe it. If it comes out of their mouth, they're coming up with something they think would work for you, then they believe it. And then you have to find a common agreement and figure out what the next steps are. Being able to facilitate those conversations is not that difficult. As long as you test yourself. You test yourself that you want to coach, not punish. And then tip number six is really a cautionary. We praise in public and we discipline in private. Easy. The issue is between you, the company, and the employee. Period. Nobody else needs to be involved in this. If other employees come to you after the fact... Let's say somebody reported, you know, a misbehavior of an employee and that person who reported it comes to you and says, so what did you do about that person? You must just reinforce that you've taken steps and just say you've addressed the situation. Please let me know if you have any other concerns. That's it. You don't turn around and say, well, I suspended her for three days and I wrote her up. The employee has no need. No, there's no reason to say anything to another employee. Ultimately, we're not there to try to shame the employee. We're not there to make ourselves look, oh, look at me being such a good manager. I'll tell you what we did with this person. No, no. We are working to maintain respect and self-esteem. Having said that, I would really recommend that if you have to do a closed-door meeting with an employee, that you have a third person be present as a witness. And this is especially important if the employee is of the opposite sex to the manager. It's important that we make sure that everybody is safe and that, you know, the we're doing things properly. The third person can sit on the side, not get involved in the conversation at all. This person can act as the note taker and they can also be the person to check you if they see that you're getting emotional or getting off track. They could be the person who keeps you on track. They could be kind of your little conscious, if you like. But it's important to have a witness to the process. That brings me to another cautionary document. Document, document, document. You never know what the future holds. Document your discussions. Keep track of incidences. It is so important because someday you might need to go back to it 
And you can't just turn around to somebody after they've been, you know, I don't know, they've been late five times. And you can't just pull them into the office and say, you're fired. You're going to have labor board on your back. What are the proof? You know, how often did it happen? And so on. You need that documentation. It protects you. It protects the employee. And it makes absolutely sure that you're holding yourself accountable to treating that person the right way. I hope this has been helpful for you. If you have some questions about our topic today, if you have concerns, if something pops into your head and you say, geez, you know what, I would really like to check this out and maybe dig a little bit deeper, then why don't you go ahead and click the calendar link in the show notes and book a complimentary 30-minute session with me. You know, honest to goodness, I do live to serve. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your network. Knowledge is power, but knowledge is power only if it is shared. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you did get value from it. My name is Mark Hain. I hope you stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception. Thank you for joining us this week on Experience Leadership. Make sure you visit markhain.com for a full directory of available episodes. While you're at it, if you found today's content valuable, please share it and tell your friends about the show. As Mark says, knowledge is power, but only if you share it. Be sure to tune in each week for the newest episode. Please stay safe, stay healthy, and dare to be the exception. Thank you.